you've got your scriptures here this morning, I'd love for you to go ahead and turn with me over to Psalms 37, Psalms 37, and just hold that, we're going to get that in just a moment. I want to kind of break down where we're headed, and I hope you're going to enjoy these next weeks, is we're going to have a great outreach Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday, you're not going to want to miss that, and as we lead up to that, we really want to get our hearts right, and so we're going to get into... Uh, it's called Just Like Us, and we're going to be looking at the story of Elijah. But before we dive into that, um, uh, I want us to reflect a little bit about the year 2019. We had some huge news stories. Uh, the first news story, you probably heard this, heartbreaking. Uh, this happened in Lexington, Kentucky, a lot of heartbreak in Kentucky. But um, I've got a picture here. It was a Krispy Kreme truck that uh, exploded. Nobody was injured. But look at the reaction of the police and the emergency. Uh, it was a terrible day. The number one song in country western this year is Speechless. And all of us probably got hung up in the new dance, The Floss. Anybody done The Floss? Yeah. It, it, don't do that. You'll pull something. Okay. Uh, we had some famous deaths. Uh, George and Barbara Bush, Aretha Franklin, Burt Reynolds, and Billy Graham passed away in 2018. And locally, I-69 we can drive to Martinsville. Can I have a praise the Lord? Yeah. Did you ever think you'd hear that in a sentence? We get to go to Martinsville. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Okay. Get to head north. And then we entitled this the scooter hostile takeover in Bloomington. Yeah. So it's terrible. How many here have rode one of those scooters? They're awesome. Seriously, you need to do that. And it's fun, isn't it? It is fun. Okay, good. There's... Yeah, that's what they all say. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, it's all worth it. And then this is really cool. On the west side, uh, I don't have the exact number, but uh, we've averaged somewhere over 2018 around 375. So God's good. And God is continuing to do great things, and we need to be so thankful. I want to share with you, if you've got your bulletins, you're going to see two parts to it. And I want to talk about what, uh, what this means, and uh, hopefully this will help you. One of the things that everybody has a tendency of doing when you go into New Year, and I do the same thing, I love to set goals and, and, and fast forward, and I just love to keep moving forward, okay? But sometimes, especially as a believer, you need to step back and reflect. And so as we were talking about these messages, one of the things we talked about is instead of getting so deep into New Year's resolutions, is what would it be like if we took a season and actually reflected more? So this is a tool to help all of us, and if you look at it, you open it up, and you've got your regular bulletin. On the other one is what I would call journal entries, and week one is this question. You can fill this out during the sermon, gives you something to do, or throughout this week, and then bring this with you for the next four or five weeks. Just put it in your Bible and bring it back, and each week we're going to ask you a question and let you reflect on that throughout the week, and this week's question is simply this. What were your greatest areas of delight in 2018? And what are the joys in your life? It's easy to get with friends and talk about all the things that went wrong and, uh, and the difficulties. But what about the joys? I shared with you uh, a few months ago when I went into 2018 um, and I was setting goals. One of my goals was to reconnect with old friends. And I have a group of friends uh, that I went to Bible college with, and some of them I haven't seen in 10 or 15 years. 
and six of us got together at a cabin for two, three days. And if you get six ministers together, there's no downtime. There's never a lapse in conversation. Uh, and it, it, it was crazy. But I went in with one night uh, uh, a plan so we could have deeper conversation. I got this from Sean Green. And I call this 3D living. And uh, here are the questions. And these are questions that, honestly, any group that you're in, this, this works. This is a great way to get people to open up. And the four words are delight, discover, determined, and drained. So delight, it's like, what is it that God is doing in your life right now that you find joy in? We don't talk enough about the joy in Christ. What, is, what are you discovering? What is God teaching you? Discovery is huge. Determined. What are you determined you're going to get done in the next week, the next month? What are you determined to get done? And then drain. What's draining you of all your energy? Now, I'll tell you, in a group setting or in a small group setting, these are great questions to ask ourselves. That's why I call it 3D living, because everyone has times to reflect on this very thing. I used to have a a group of men I, I met with a few years ago called the Wild Hogs, and uh, we have a reunion. We had a reunion Friday night. We sat around a big fire, and uh, we didn't even get through two of these. And I said, hey, what is it that brings great delight in 2018? And guys started sharing joys in their life, and then we talked about what is it that is draining you right now? And guys started sharing, oh, man, here's what's just taking the life out of me. Maybe that's where some of you are right now. You came in here exhausted, not just because you've survived Christmas, and the kids are going back to school tomorrow. Can I have a hallelujah? Yeah. So I see that look on the parent's face. But here's the deal. Some of you came in here this morning, and you are just kind of wiped out, and you're looking for delight in your life, joy in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to reflect this morning, not so much on resolutions, but by taking delight in the Lord. What does that look like, to take delight in the Lord. And then what we're also going to do, and I love this, as a backdrop, we're going to look at these raw emotions that all of us go through, and we're going to take a Bible character. His name is Elijah, and we're going to show you how he, how he navigated through delight, being drained, being determined, what he discovered in God. And so you're going to get a chance to hear a lot over the next several weeks about Elijah, but also come to grips with these emotions in your life. So I just want to take a few minutes, first of all, and talk about that powerful word, delight, and how we can all find delight. First of all, we find delight in the wonder of God. Look at Psalms 37, and look at verses 1 through 4. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong, for the, the grass will soon wither like green plants, and they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take Delight in the Lord, and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord. Did you notice that right away in verse 1 and verse 7, he will capsulate what so many people are going through going into a new year. We begin to fret about the difficulties in our life. My guess is some of you are fretting right now. You're listening to me, but you're already thinking about, oh, my land. I've got to deal with this when I get home. 
I got to make this phone call. Monday, I got to get all of these 75 things done, and we fret, and we fret, and we fret, and our thoughts just take us deeper and deeper in the hole, and the psalmist says, do not fret. You'll not find any delight in the Lord by fretting and stressing and worrying. I read this survey, and uh, it was pretty amazing. It was from Duke University, and in this survey, uh, they surveyed a lot of people about their anxiousness. And then they came up with what they felt were uh, next step uh, for folks that are dealing with anxiety. Now, I realize nobody here is anxious, but this may help you from Duke University. Number one, they said uh, the way to overcome anxiety and have true peace of mind. Number one, the absence of suspicion and resentment. Do not nurse a grudge. Number two, not living in the past. Don't have an unwholesome preoccupation with old mistakes and failures that leads to depression. Number three, not wasting time and energy fighting conditions that are out of your control. I shared this a few weeks ago that it's estimated that at least 85% of all the things we worry about are things that are completely out of our control. There's no need to get anxious about something that is out of your control. It, it cracks me up how people get so anxious about the weather. I don't mean that bad, but you can't do anything about it. Get a snow shovel. Move. You know, whatever. Anyway, force yourself to stay involved, I love this, with the living world. Resist the temptation to withdraw and become reclusive. You know when the easiest season of the world to be reclusive is? Right now. We don't want to go outside. And in Bloomington, it's gray. It seems like every day. So don't do that. Refuse to indulge in self-pity. Now listen to this. Now remember, this is Duke University. This is not a Bible college. Find something bigger than yourself to believe in. Wow. Thank you, Duke. Because that's it. When we start looking at our problems as if it's the only problems, like the... How many parents have ever made this statement? I made this to my son Caleb several thousand times. Caleb, here's the world. The world does not revolve around you. Am I the only one that ever said that? And I'd start that sentence. He goes, don't say the thing about the world again, you know, because we all have that battle is we think all of our difficulties are the most important difficulties. Listen, folks, a lot of folks have anxious thoughts. A lot of folks are fretting, but there's something bigger than all of us. And he says right there, the psalmist says, learn to trust in God. Psalms 34, 8 says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. In other words, we have these negative thoughts that keep creeping in. Sometimes you need to step back and say, you know, God, I want to delight in you. I, I just want to step back and say, you are so good. Taste and see that God is good. You ever tasted something and you say, oh man, God is good. You ever done that? I did that last Saturday. A uh, good friend of mine, some of you know them, uh, Drew and Heidi Wood. Uh, they've moved up in, in Amish country near Ship Shawana, and we were driving around. And uh, Drew knows my love language is unhealthy food. And so as we're driving around, he goes, oh, John, you've got to have Ben's soft pretzels. It's, it's a godly experience. You know, and he had given up bread. I hate those people. Anyway, he had he'd given up. But I, so I'm standing in line, and I'm, I'm pretty pumped. And so the guy next to me, I'm like, man, what are you getting? And he, he shared his dreams, and I shared my, you know, and I, I'm like, I'm throwing some cinnamon on it, and I'm going to live large. You know, and I did. 
Man, as I ate that, I thought, oh, that's so good. Now, how seldom do we do that with God? Do we sit back and just say, God, you're so good. Uh, this morning, uh, we got a message right away. It's like, oh, uh, there was something at the church. We apologize. You need to run back over to Eastside and pick it up. I was in such a great mood driving to church. So anyway, I'm driving over, and I'm like, I can't believe it. You know, you know, just like Jesus. And so anyway, and then the sunrise, I'm not, I don't know if you guys caught that this morning, was unbelievable. It was like God saying, grow up. Man, I'm all around you. You need to delight in my colors. You need to delight in my food. Every sense that you have, let that come alive, and you need to realize that God wants us to delight in him because this blows me away. He delights in us. Take pleasure in the fact that he delights in us. Tim Thompson described delight this way. Delight is when you walk into a family gathering and you realize, hey, there's no one there I'm trying to avoid. Now, is that Christmas or what? Is that just, that's a bumper sticker. What is it that inspires us? What is it that brings us true delight? Uh, I have a strange habit every year, and I do it this time of year. I set aside time. I reflect over the previous year. I start setting goals for the, the next year. And then I go on Amazon, and I just see if somebody's designed new time management planners. And that, that's what a nerd would do, and that's what I do. Because uh, anybody got a new idea on time management, and I kind of scan through that. And Marie will always say, you cannot be looking at planners again. You know, because we go through this every year. And so there's a planner out there, and it's called the Panda Planner. No joke, Panda Planner. And I had to read this guy's story. His, uh, the creator is Michael Leap, and he was diagnosed with Lyme disease, and then right after he came out of that season, he was diagnosed with cancer. And he said, I can't even tell you the place I was in. It was so dark. And I was so depressed. And every day I kept thinking life would be better if I wasn't here. I, I got that deep into this pit. And then he thought, you know what? I'm going to really truly live one day at a time. And I, I need to buy a planner so that I live my life, to the, that I don't waste any time. And he started going through planners and, and he realized, I don't like any of these planners. I'm going to design my own and I'm going to design it because of the things that I need. So here's what he does every morning, and it's in his daily little planner. He has two morning questions that he addresses. Number one, what am I grateful for? Second question, what am I excited about? So he said, this is my last day. What am I grateful for? And what am I excited about? And then before he goes to bed, he has two more questions. Every day, at the end of the day, he simply has today's wins, how can I improve? That's it. Now you go, that's no big deal. I thought, wait a second, that's kind of a, a way God wants us to approach every day. We walk up and say, God, I want to be thankful for so many things. What if we started writing those things down? And what if we, at the end of every day, said, Lord, how can I improve? Because I want to desire you. I want to desire you. I want to feel delight because you want me to experience that. That's my goal for all of us today, that we would experience the delight and the wonder of God, which leads us to eventually getting to the Word of God. How important is it that we delight in God and that we experience 
to the light of God through his word. Look at verse 5, following verse 7. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust him with all this, and he will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindiction like a noonday sun. I love this. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Here's that word again. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. When I was young, uh, and it has carried on for my whole life, and it's very strange, is I love to go on long walks, and while I'm on these walks, I love to pray, and I audibly talk to God, and then sometimes I talk to myself. I'm just, I got to confess, I got to get that off my chest, okay? I, I, I do this, and I, it's just been something for years I've done, and maybe some of you do that, Maybe some of you think that's a very odd thing. Maybe some of you think I should write my New Year's resolution 2019, see a therapist. I don't know, but I will tell you that over the years, it has been rewarding because it's almost like as I'm talking to God and I'm talking to myself and I'm sharing stress and tension, and then I actually start talking through the process. And I, th- I think one reason I love that is when I read Psalms and over the years as I've prayed and meditated through Psalms, that's what the psalmists do so many times. They present a problem. It's almost like they're talking to themselves. Here's a problem. And then eventually throughout the psalms, they'll give you the solution. I love that. In this particular psalms, if you notice, he gives the problem. Here's why I don't feel delight in my life. When I look around, it appears that the world is being run by individuals that are evil. And it really appears like The bad guys are winning. Like, Lord, are you seeing what's going on out here? Do you see all of the evil that is all around? That is a huge problem. And then he answers the the problem. He gives a solution. The solution is if you want to delight in the Lord, you need to delight in the law of the Lord. Psalms 1-2. He goes on to tell us that if you learn the power of this word, it will change your life. And it will change your perspective. Because here's the bottom line. He says this. Those evil leaders, those folks that are unjust, guess what? There's a 100% percentage on this one. They're going to die. And we're going to die. There's only a couple of things that we can guarantee that are eternal. You know what those are? Our soul and what? The living word of God. Matter of fact, God says the flowers fade and the grass withers and they die away, but not this word. Psalms 119.89, your word lives what? Forever. Isaiah 40 verse 8, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. As you go into this year and you want to experience the delight of God, you got to experience the word of God. There are no shortcuts. Matter of fact, I, I think... I really believe this. I don't know that there's any greater responsibility that the church has than to light people up into the Word of God, that they can experience God the way that He wants us to experience Him. That we get people to allow the Word to get into their lives and begin to transform them from the inside out. How many of you, as you put your goals down this year, at the top of your list put, I really seriously want to get in the Word of God more this year? And put that at the very top and then tenaciously go after it. And together, let's work on getting serious about that, that initiative. 
because we all know what the number one goal is going into 2019. Anybody want to guess universally the number one goal every human being has? There's three of you probably, four of you don't have this one, okay? I'm going to lose weight this year. I've, I, even a bunch of men, they were like, guys, what do you really want to do this year? You know, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to, I'm going to drop weight. I mean, it's, it comes right at the top. I heard about this guy's, it's a sad story. There's this new scale. You get on it, and it gives you your weight, and then it gives you a motivational message digitally right across. And he thought, that's what I need every morning. So he gets terrible. So he gets up, gets on the scale, gives him his weight, and here's his message. One person at a time. Now, see that? That's not going to help. Now, here's, here's the deal. It is so easy to set reckless goals, goals that really don't mean anything. But what if we actually did step back and say, you know, God, I know this could change my life. I'm intimidated to get into the Word, but to delight in you, to really to experience your wonder, I need to experience your word. That's what we're going to be doing these next few weeks. We're going to be talking about delight and discoveries and downtime and what it means to be drained. And again, we're going to share the backdrop of this guy that I love so much, and his name is Elijah. So these next few weeks, you're going to hear about the prophet who faithfully served the Lord in the most difficult times. Matter of fact, if you want to get ahead of the game, you can go to 1 Kings chapter 16 to 2 Kings 2, and those are the chapters we're going to be plowing through in these next few weeks. We know that Elijah came in such a difficult time. Uh, he had, first of all, to deal with the worst king recorded in Israel's history. His name was Ahab, uh, 16 verse 30. And the only thing more evil than Ahab is who he married. Anybody know who that was? Jezebel. We, we've been talking a lot about names. <clears throat> Did any, have you ever met a Jezebel? I don't mean did you ever call somebody Jezebel. Have you ever met a Jezebel? Well, we're going to get into, here's somebody who has to deal with an evil king and his wife, and yet Malachi says and tells us that there would be the spirit of Elijah, this prophet, the spirit of Elijah was going to show up in the future. And when the spirit of Elijah shows up, that spirit will pave the way for the Lord. And then you get to Luke 1, verse 17. And we just talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Christmas. This amazing angel that comes and goes to the priest Zechariah, and what does he tell him? You're going to have a son. And even though you and your wife are very old in age, you're going to have a son. You're going to name him John, and he will have the spirit of Elijah, and he will prepare the way of the Lord. It all connects. And yet we need to step back and realize, as it tells us in the book of James 5.17, and this is the verse you need to cling to, Elijah was just like us. I love that. He's just like us. He hurts just like us. He's drained just like us. He gets depressed just like us. Uh, he has these moments of amazing discovery like us. He's determined to get something done for God. So we can learn a lot in these weeks to come. But I don't want to stray too far today from that very simple principle of delighting in the Lord. He wants us to experience his wonder. He wants us to experience his word. What are you wrestling with this morning that you're not experiencing the wonder of God? I got this story the other day. Uh, Sean Green sent it to me. It's, 
It's crazy. In 1980, a woman, she was 19 at the time, her name was Jean Hilliard, and uh, she was out partying one night, uh, pretty late, and uh, hit a slick spot uh, with her dad's truck, ended up in a ditch, and uh, didn't make the wisest decisions. She sat there in a the ditch, you know. Now, this is 1980, so you don't pick up your cell phone. And she's like, oh, man, I did this in my dad's truck, and uh, we've got some family friends that don't live too far from here. I'm just going to walk to my family, family friend's house. The problem is it was 20 below zero, and she's in cowboy boots, and she realized that it was a lot farther, two miles down the road, and then finally way in the distance she saw a light, and she started making her way to that light and got to the yard, and then that, she said that's the last thing she remembered. They didn't find her till the next morning, and she had been laying there for six hours unconscious. And when they found her, she actually was froze, like a piece of wood. And they got her to the hospital, and uh, they wrapped her up, and uh, uh, they thought there's just no way we're going to bring her back. But slowly and surely, she actually started to unthaw, if you can imagine that. And then they thought, we're going to have to amputate her, amputate her legs, and they did not have to do any of that. And by the time they had brought her back to life, when she left the hospital, the only thing she had were a couple of blistered toes that were numb for a few weeks, and that was it. And then all these churches and businesses, and everybody started calling her, inviting her to come, share her story. Why? You're a miracle. We want to hear your story. And if you were saved by God in that way, he has amazing plans for you. So they wanted to hear her story. Well, somebody went back and interviewed her all these years later, and they said, how are you doing? And she said, well, you know my story, and I got to be honest, I kept hearing it over and over that I'm a miracle, and God has big plans for me, and honestly, nothing happened. I got married, I have a couple of great kids, and then I went through a bad divorce, and I work at Walmart, so she said, honestly, my life is kind of disappointing. And I thought, boy, how sad. But you know what's even sadder? I think people think, if I could experience a miracle, I would really love God more. If he would just knock me out of my socks, if he could do something that is that profound, and if God could do that, man, I'd give my whole life to him. Like, really? Hasn't he already done that? It's called Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ gave his life, guess what? We're all miracles. Every day we can experience that power. Every day we can desire him, and every day we can delight in him. And here's what's amazing. He delights in us. Now, where are you this morning? Are you at a point right now you're kind of teetering like, I don't feel that way, but I want to feel that way. That's what we're here for. We're here as a church family that we can find delight in Jesus Christ and do it together.